Hey, this is Scott Benzing, the commissioner of the FLOG, and you are listening to the FLOGcast Network. Hello, hello, welcome back. This is the FLOGcast Network. Day rough in the house today. I'm alongside with my co-host, Mr. Q. How's it going, Q Blount? It's going great, Mr. Ruff. Join another beautiful day. And uh, excited to talk about some fantasy football, specifically the NFC East. Yes, and that is the topic for today. It's going to be a fun one today, fun conversation. We are talking about four teams in the NFC East, like you mentioned. So we're going to be talking about those four teams and the fantasy value of those players on each team. So I am very happy about this topic, and I am excited to get going about this. So Yeah, I can't wait. And uh, one thing I was going to add real quick, some people call the NFC East the best division in football. Oh, boy. All right. All right. So Just throwing I mean, that out there. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about each team and, and what we think about that team in general and what they're going to be doing this year. Before we go into that, Hugh, um, not sure if you, you were aware of uh, last episode, if you listened to the last episode, uh, talking about the NFL news. Uh, so there's, there was a few news going into, you know, before you know, our last podcast, uh, LaShawn McCoy signing with the Bucks. Damian Williams opts out. And Jordan Reed joining the 49ers. And, of course, uh, the most important guy in the world, A.B., gets suspended for eight games. So out of those four, uh, what really just, like, blew your mind out of those NFL news? Um, I wouldn't say anything blew my mind, per se. But the, I guess the Antonio Brown thing is kind of the most surprising just because – that kind of opens the door for him. He's only suspended eight games. So, I mean, I think I'm going to stay away from We'll see. I'm not going to, you know, say I'm not going to, you know, pick him up or anything just yet because I, I do have a history with him. But Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> that, that's surprising to me. I don't think, personally, I don't think any team's going to take a shot on him because he's just so he, – he's a mad, he's a lunatic. I mean – and I just don't think you want to bring that kind of person into a locker room where you're trying to establish positive culture. Now, of course, this is this is the question I asked TC last episode. If he does not have a team going into our draft night, are you going to be picking him up maybe towards the end of the draft? I might. Um, Fuck. I mean, it just depends what my roster is looking like. I mean, I could see – I guess I'm not going to say I might – which I might, but I could see definitely I could see somebody taking a shot on him. I, I don't know yet. We'll see. The, the, the upside is definitely for sure. Yeah. Oh. I mean, he's spent eight games, so you're definitely banking on – and I don't know. See, that's another problem. He's spent eight games, so for the first eight weeks of the season, you are basically down a bench spot. Right, right. And I don't he, know that I'm going to risk that. You're right, and you can't put him on an IR spot. You can't do anything like that. He is taking up a bench spot. And yeah. That's the, and to hold on to him for eight weeks is, is a struggle. It is. You know? Now, the thing is, last year, if I was in my shoe, same shoes I was in last year, I think I would because I was confident in my entire bench, my, my all my depth. Like, I didn't – I had so many guys I could plug and play that I felt like I could take one of them away and bring in Antonio Brown's upside. So if you're in that kind of situation where you're basically – your starters are set and every week you know that – those are the guys that are going to play no matter what. But then you've got, a, you know, some bench guys that are also really good and you can get rid of one of them. I, I, I think then maybe you're talking, but for the most part, um, I just think 
it's too hard to loot to go down a bench spot. Our league, we have more, we have like two or three extra bench spots. So for us, it's maybe a little bit more manageable, but other people in standard leagues and redraft leagues, I think it might be a little harder. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, and then of course with AB, like you said, and like I mentioned before, and other episodes, uh, it's just a huge question mark with this guy in his brain. Uh, who knows about what he will do? Yeah. I mean, has he not retired before that, anyways. Again, so right. <laughs> who knows about AB? I'm done, I'm done talking about that guy, and let's move on to uh, some flog news. Uh, we have set a date for our flog draft. It is August 29th on a Saturday. Uh, that is going to be a glorious day, uh, Q, and I'm sure that you, you have received your invite and you're ready to go. Uh, I know a couple of weeks ago the news were announced that we, we do have a new commissioner. And you last year, you new were – vice commissioner. Yeah, I'm sorry, a new vice commissioner. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Scott is still with us, thank goodness. But our new vice commissioner was announced, and you were last year's vice commissioner. Yes. Now, you know, from the outside looking in, what are the responsibilities – of a vice commissioner? Um, I think it's just to help the commissioner do things because for the most part, the commissioner is the one handling, um, you know, just the everyday management duties of the league. And to be honest, the vice commissioner doesn't have to do too much other than just make sure that the commissioner is running smoothly. So I think as far as like, you know, I went out and helped on draft night. We prepared the draft board. We got all this, the name tags ready, um, to cook some food, that kind of stuff, and then just helping plan things. Um, it's it's a pretty laid-back job. It's definitely not as stressful as being the actual commissioner. But, yeah, so, I mean, I think the main focus is you just help the commissioner with whatever he needs. Right. Of course, like I said, you were last year's commissioner for one year. The vice commissioner, uh, yeah, vice commissioner has a one-year uh contract so you know your duties is up now of course that that i am the you know just spinning out there i am the new vice commissioner mm-hmm. uh, my second term q now of course i'm not sure if you backed out because you knew that you know if you ran for vice commissioner you were going to get blown out of the water because <laughs> you know you you can't match up to- oh. well uh <laughs> i mean it's it's i guess it's good to talk about that out in the open but you know, I it's not that I didn't want to be vice commissioner any longer because I would have definitely stayed with Scott. I think Scott's doing a great job, and I was glad to be the person that transitions with him because he was a newer member of the league. I have been there, so I think it was a nice kind of combination. Um, but Scott's got a great he's he's a great commissioner. He's got a, he's got the personality. He's got the leadership of a commissioner. Now, I think with you being vice commissioner, you've already been vice commissioner for four years before. So, so yeah, I mean, I felt your resume is probably a little bit better than mine. And Not a little bit, probably a lot. Oh, it's okay. It's fine. That's, that's fair. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just, right, be, right before me, right before me as vice commissioner was TC and I took over after TC. Now I look at it as a vice commissioner being a right hand man to the uh, commissioner, like you said, and, you know, as me, as a basketball coach, I am a JV basketball coach. So those responsibilities kind of relate to the vice commissioner being the right-hand man to a, the varsity coach. Right. And I, I make that commissioner, make that coach and commissioner, make that job as easy as possible for that guy. 
Um, so, you know, that's, that's the duties. And of course my duties have already started. I sent out the, the, uh, save the date uh, invites and stuff like that. And of course we had a meeting, me and Scott going over our draft duties already. Uh, you know, so that's, that's, that's pretty much what you said is the right hand man to the commissioner. Exactly. And, um, I just felt like, you know, I always loved your energy and the way you approach things. So I thought personally, I'm like, you know what? I think with you and Scott's doing a great job, I know you're, you're going to do a great job. So I just didn't even feel the need to, um, you know, put my name in and make it a controversy type thing. I just think you guys will do fine. And um, yeah. And and that doesn't mean I'm not going to help anymore. I mean, I love just being a member, but if you guys need an extra hand, of course, I'll be there to offer that still as well. No, I think we're good. Um, I think <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say that I have huge shoes to fill, um, but I'm not going to say that. So, you know, I think that, you know, we'll take a giant step forward after you uh, step down. Um, so, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, that's quick uh, flog news. Uh, we are going to take a quick pause cue. Uh, gather our information together, get our brains ready, get your brains ready, take a quick break, and then we're going to jump into the great NFC East. All righty? All right, let's get it. All right, be right back. Are you tired of going through classified ads and online directories to find your new home? Did you know you can hire a real estate agent to help pinpoint the most suitable home for you and your family? Relieve the stress of finding a home and setting up viewings. Well, we'll connect with Mr. Keegan Scott at EXP Realty and he'll be able to find the home of your dreams. Visit exprealty.com and Mr. Keegan Scott will help you find the home that suits you and your family. All right, welcome back. It is time to get right into this NFC East teams. Now, there's four teams. If you know, if you're a dummy to football, uh, Q, I mean, you should know that there's four teams in a, every division. And with this division, uh, the reason why I asked you, of course, for the NFC East, you do have your favorite team in this division, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, just, just going from last year. Uh, your, your team, your Philadelphia Eagles team, was uh, they clinched the division. They were first place in that division, a 99-7 and record. Um, I mean, even with the Eagles, they, they struggled with some injuries last year, and they still ended up first in that division. Yeah, and they've struggled with injuries, to be honest, the last few years. And they've still, you know, managed to make the playoffs, I think, three or four years straight, including winning the Super Bowl in 2017. Um so honestly, they've been. I, I just can't be happier with the way that the Eagles have been playing the last few years. Um, but yeah, uh, like you said, they, they've definitely struggled with some injuries, and that has caused them to sort of produce some lackluster fantasy options for your team. Um, now, getting into I guess moving forward here, really the mainstay that's been there for the last three years, the elite option they have is Zach Ertz at the tight end position. Now. Ertz, I mean, really, you've got the big three, I think, in Kelsey, Kittle. Uh, is there a different guy other than Ertz, really, that you would put in that? Uh, you know, Mark Mark Andrews has. Andrews now is up there, yeah. But it used to be Ertz. Um, and then Goddard kind of came in and kind of cut some of Ertz's 
targets away just a little bit. I, th- I still think Ertz is an elite fantasy option at tight end. Um, and then, honestly, the guy – there. you know what? I'm glad we're talking about the Eagles first because there are two guys here that I just think – obviously, you know, one I'm super excited about. He's one of my keepers, and that is Miles Sanders, the running back coming into his second year. I just think he is going to explode this year. Um, I think – I think he's going to be like a Christian McCaffrey. I really, really do. Okay, um, so jumping on that, Q, I mean, of course, he, you, you talked about a little bit with Zach Ertz and Dallas uh, Godard and, and with Miles Sanders, him being one of your keepers. Uh, he, he's a guy who didn't take over uh, until, like, later in the, in the season because, of course, Jordan Howard was still there, and Jordan Howard was doing pretty good until he got hurt. And then they jumped on the Miles Sanders train. Uh, had a pretty decent, if you agree with me, pretty decent rookie year uh, with uh, with 818 yards rushing wise. Uh, so you, of course, you see that number jumping tremendously, correct? I do, but um, also you left out one other thing. Let me pull it up here. Yes, he did have 818 rushing yards. He also had. I'm not going to add that up, but I think it was like. Oh yeah, uh, five over five hundred receiving yards. Right, right. So he had fifty catches, five hundred nine receiving yards, and three touchdowns. So he finished with like thirteen hundred total yards. It's the most um, in Eagles history for a rookie, and I think it's the most in NF. It, I don't want to don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's one of the best seasons for a rookie running back in NFL history. Maybe maybe McCaffrey had more. I'm not sure. For receiving, but, right. no, just total rushing and receiving combined. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, he's just he's just super dynamic um on the ground in the air. And I think uh I think Scotty mentioned it a couple episodes ago. One of the reasons well, obviously they had Jordan Howard and um he was kind of the early down bruiser back, but one of the reasons rookie running backs don't get a ton of work early is because it takes them time not only to get acquainted to the playbook, but get acquainted to the protections. And being able to know where they go and, you know, and, and protections. So that, from what I've heard and what I've studied, is one of the hardest things for running backs to understand at the next yeah. level. Right. And, you know, with this Eagles team, what I who I really like is their offensive line. They got a pretty good offensive exactly. line um, that will protect Wentz and Sanders, uh, you know, that that's you know of course I think the Colts' offense line is better, but that's just me being biased. But I do believe that the Eagles have a good protection for that quarterback and uh, running back. Yeah, they really do. They've lost a big piece. Honestly, arguably the best guard in football. Quentin Nelson's really good too. Zach Martin's really good, but Brandon Brooks for the Eagles, he was he was playing at just a super elite level. Um, and yeah, they lost him with another Achilles tear. But I noticed that they didn't put him on IR. I think they put him on the pup list or something like that. So he's gonna—he's actually able to return to the team after six weeks. So to me, it sounds like they're banking on him having an early return. We'll see, but um, still, their offensive line is going to be strong. The next guy I am really excited about again, and I think if he would have stayed healthy all of last year, this guy could have been a potential league winner. And that's Deshaun Jackson. Like he, the way he was used the first game of last year, and that wasn't a surprise to me. That I was listening to you guys last episode, you guys were all surprised, and a lot of people were surprised. 
was not a surprise to me. They were going early and often to this guy in OTAs and training camp. They, he was the main piece of their offense. And, you know, he's a speed guy and he's a deep threat. He's the best deep threat in NFL history. But he also, he, he does everything well. He, he, he literally does everything. He runs routes underneath. He runs out to the sidelines. He can go deep. He can do it all. And if he stays healthy, I just think Wentz loves throwing him the ball. Ertz and Goddard are working the middle. You've got to be worried about Sanders. Deshaun, man, is such a tough cover. I, I am really excited. And I think you can get Deshaun Jackson so late that he could be a potential league winner type of player. Plug in your lineup every single week if he's healthy. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, with Deshaun, with Deshaun Jackson, the, like I said, he was on my sleeper list. Uh, he was a guy who I really thought that could uh, help your fantasy team, and he his his average draft position is just perfect uh, for a guy who is a who is right now. It's safe to say, Q, he is the number one wide receiver on that team. Yes. Uh, wide receiver wise, I mean, if you put Zach Ertz aside, of course, uh, but Deshaun Jackson is the number one wide receiver. Uh, you know, going on the wide receivers, Q. Uh, you, you know, you also have uh, Alshon Jeffrey, who is on the pup list, a guy that we all know who has potential if he also stays healthy. I mean, he hasn't uh, he hasn't seen over a thousand yards, uh, you know, since like 2014. That was when he was back with the Bears. Uh, so he just needs to stay healthy. But the, another guy that we're going to talk about is that rookie um, Rager. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about him, Jalen? Um, I mean, I love him. I love his, his athletic profile. Um, the thing is, from what I understand, he's learning the, the role that Deshaun Jackson plays. So I'm not sure how much, especially with this, you know, the way this off seasons went and players weren't able to get out on the field because of COVID-19. They just have so much less time. And these rookies really need that time to learn the playbook. To, right. Yeah. Just put what they're seeing in the playbook onto the field. And then they haven't been able to get that. So I think a lot of these rookies this year, it, it's going to be tough to really bank on them. But um, I think a, a year or two down the road, this guy's going to be – he's going to be an every-week fantasy type of guy. I really believe that. And, this, heck, and with, with Jalen Reger, I mean, you got the two guys ahead of him, Jeffrey and Jackson, all older, both older guys. Um, so, you know, Reger, he will uh, gather his book and put on his glasses and learn from these vets and – he will, like I said, I think he he will, you know, learn a lot from these guys and get continue to build on his talent and be good in the future for sure. Yeah, yeah, and he, they also um, he can be used as a running back too. Like he, you can really put him anywhere in the formation. He's almost like a little Tyree Hill. So there's a lot to like with Jalen Rager. Um, really quick, I wanted to touch on Alshon Jeffrey. He he is a player that I've always kind of shied away from. You know, I watch the Eagles every week and. You know, it's not that I would hate to have him on my team because he's a red zone guy. He gets you red zone touchdowns. But like you said, he's often injured. And I don't know. Um, there were so many reports last year where him and Wentz weren't getting along. And I don't really put too much merit into those. I still think Alshon's going to be, you know, be there, be involved, and Wentz is going to look to him. But, yeah, I just – he's not the worst option to have. If you can get him super late – he, you know, he's he's sort of a flex, borderline flex guy. Um, yeah, and it's not he's not a bad guy to throw into your lineup who could get you a couple of red zone touchdowns in one game. That's that's not unlikely at all. So, do you think uh, Jeffrey and we'll even throw Rigger in there as well? Uh, two guys who might be, you know, in our league 
might be drafted in in our draft, but maybe towards the back. Uh, yeah, I, I would think so. Um, we'll see how that plays out, but I I believe both of those guys will be drafted, or at least uh, at least drafted. Right, right. And, of course, we could, especially you, we could talk about the Eagles for a while. Let's just talk about uh, Carson Wentz, and then we'll move on yeah. uh, to the next team. So, with Carson Wentz, uh, he had a very good – I mean, had another good year, uh, 27 touchdowns. Um, a guy who we, – we talked about a little bit, you know, multiple episodes. I think, you know, it might have been one of his best years. I mean, he was over 4,000 yards, second uh, career-wise in touchdowns. But do you think he, you know, he can take another step forward in his fifth year? I do, and I agree with you. I think it was, I think it was his best year last year. Um, he actually had an MVP season in 2017 when they won the Super Bowl. Before he got hurt, he was, he was going to be the MVP. But I think he played even better last year. And um, he had 20, what was it 27 touchdowns or something like that? Right. And he only had seven interceptions. He's like one of three quarterbacks, you know the last since he's been in the league to throw less than um, 10 interceptions and over 20 touchdowns every year. And he did that with guys literally off the streets playing at wide receiver. Um, so I just, yeah, I love Carson Wentz. He's just got to stay healthy. So yeah, I mean, here, yeah, here's the thing with Carson Wentz. Now put, he puts a big question mark on, on everything with the Eagles. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz is only 27, but he, yeah, like you said, he's had injury issues. So with the Eagles picking up Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. in in the second round of this draft, what does that mean? Whether are the Eagles just playing it safe, or are they are they thinking about replacing Mr. Carson? Well, I think that's a little bit of um, kind of a double edged sword here. They know Carson has been, you know, injured every single year, um, and you know Doug Peterson is good friends with Sean Payton, the head coach of the Saints. And they use Taysom Hill in so many different ways as a backup quarterback, as a receiver, as a blocker, as a runner, um, on punts where he can do different things. You know, the Eagles could use him as a gadget guy kind of like that. Now, do you spend a second-round pick on just a gadget player? Probably not, but um, the Eagles value the quarterback spot more than any other spot, you know, any other position. That's why they signed Nick Foles to such a big deal a couple of years ago, and it worked out for them. And they believe you want as many good quarterbacks around as you possibly can. That's not a slight to Carson. They just they just want good players in the building. Now, but it also is, you know, a little bit of a slight at Carson just because he has been hurt, and they're saying, well, look, we need somebody that if you go down again um, is a dynamic type of player, and that's what Jalen Hurts is, so – so, yeah, I mean, it, it's not – this is Carson Wentz's team. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't be scared about Carson's value or anything like that. Um, but it, it's definitely interesting. I just think, you know, it, it's kind of they drafted him as a little bit of a safety net, but also as maybe a little bit of a gadget player where he comes out on the field and you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Yeah. Right, and it could be an issue where you know you if he gets hurt, if he if if he starts sucking all the big one, uh, you know, all right, hurts, let's go, my man, let's get going, young dude. Uh, you know, <laughs> it might be uh, see you later, Wentz. But um, I I still think, I mean, like I said, he's not. I mean, he's still in his prime. 
And, you know, if he stays healthy, and I still think he, he, he could, you know, help out the Eagles big time. Speaking about helping out the Eagles, like I said, they were 9-7 last year. Uh, probably the two best uh, teams, Q, are the Eagles and Cowboys, especially last year. Uh, I think, you know, to be, just be honest, Q, let's be honest to yourself. Now, if the Cowboys stay healthy, uh, you know, with Dak Prescott, you know, having a very good year, do you think the Cowboys should have won the division? Um, no, I don't. Hmm. Because hmm. you can say if the Cowboys stayed healthy, what if the Eagles stayed healthy? Yeah, but they didn't. I mean, I think, you know, with, with the Cowboys, I have, and just spitting this out there for right now, I have the Cowboys predicting the Cowboys to finish first in this division uh, this coming up year. Um, I think, you know, they, they added more weapons in the receiving core. Um, and Dak Prescott, if he continues to do well throwing the ball, uh, I think they will have a better year than the Eagles. I agree, but the thing is, the they're going to be a tough team, don't get me wrong, but they've got to beat the Eagles in the division, and the Eagles are a tough matchup for anyone. I don't care what anyone says because of the way their defensive line plays. Their defensive line, if their defensive line plays well, because they, they're one of the few teams in the league that – they send their four defensive linemen straight to the quarterback. There's no, there's no gapping. There's no uh, really responsibilities per se other than collapse the pocket and make the life miserable on that quarterback and stop the run on your way there. So that's why the Eagles, yeah, sometimes they get shredded through the air, but a lot of other times they'll get shredded all game and then two or three times they'll cause a fumble. They'll make a quarterback make a bad throw and get a pick and then, you know, tur- turns the momentum. So I think a team like that is it's a tough matchup for any team. And that's why I like the Eagles, you know, potential when they play anybody. But I just think – So I, you, dis- you disagree with me. I, so you, <laughs> me saying the Cowboys will be first in this division, you say, no, Ralph, shut up. I disagree. I do Eagles- disagree. But um, I don't think it's crazy. I think the Cowboys and Eagles are going to – go back and forth all year. and But if the Eagles stay healthy, I think the Eagles are the better team. Right. So, of course, like I said, there's four teams in the division. So the Giants and uh, the Redskins – oh, actually, I'm sorry, Washington football team, um, you think that those guys kind of like similar to last year, they'll be flirting with the, the three and four wins. I think the Giants will be better than they were last year. But yeah. they won't compete for the division, right? Is that where you're sitting at? Right, Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I could easily see the Giants maybe one or two games under uh, 500 or even 500. Yeah, I, uh, I see they, that. I think the Giants have improved, but I do believe that the Cowboys and Eagles will be up there like they were last year, and I think just the Cowboys are better. Uh, and I'm jumping on the Cowboys train. Uh, you know, you got Dak, Dak Prescott who took a huge step forward of him being, you know, doing good things. And what I like now about the Cowboys is Mr. Uh, Mike McCaffrey. Uh, yeah. Cardi. uh you know him and him in there and i'm not just liking him because if you don't know this q that me and him shared the same birthday Uh-oh. november no big deal of course not the same year but <laughs> he is uh <laughs> he is a guy that we share birthdays with but i i think he he will do good things in dallas he did good things with uh green bay and um i think uh dak will i mean tc tc doesn't like that prescott for some reason doesn't like yeah, his game he's silly um, yeah, he's silliness. But I think he, he'll have another good year, over 1,000 yards, maybe uh, flirting with the 30 touchdown range like he did last year, and he'll 
Bill, and like I said, he's had multiple. He picked up C.D. Lamb. He still had Gallup and uh, Cooper doing work, and I see Jarwin doing good in the tight end position. I mean, that's why I have Cowboys over the Eagles this year. Yeah, I. I mean, I can't argue with anything you said. I will touch one really quick on. You don't disagree. You don't agree with me. I mean, I. <laughs> I. I don't. I think the Eagles. Um, I. I just. Yeah, I think the Eagles are the better team personally. If they're if they're healthy. Shit, even if they're not healthy, Carson already proved he can beat them with basically practice squad players walking off the streets. But anyway, <laughs> um, and that's what I want to touch on real quick. TC's not crazy from disliking Dak Prescott. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Dak Prescott. He's, he's good for what the Cowboys do. But if you put Dak in the situation that Carson was in last year, where you're passing almost every play, you're throwing the wide receivers off the street that can't create separation, I think Dak struggles. I think Carson's head and shoulders better than Dak Prescott. I just, and you know, Dak Prescott is just, he's had the luxury of being drafted to the Cowboys. One of the best offensive lines in the league. They get Ezekiel Elliott, arguably the best running back in the league. He has to look at maybe Derrick Henry faces more loaded boxes now, but Dak doesn't have to deal with too much coverage when everyone's trying to stop Zeke. So for the most part, he's had it easy, relatively easier than most other quarterbacks in the league. But he's played well, so you can't really fault him for that. It's not his fault. Right. And, you know, if you compare Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, you know, knock on wood, of course, and he's probably knocking on wood as well, he hasn't missed a game in his career. Yeah, yeah. He missed one game. Yep. And, you know, last year, he didn't you – know, not last year, the year before last year, he had, what, like 3,800 yards, maybe 22 touchdowns. Very and true. then this – he took that giant step, added a thousand yards, and he added eight touchdowns. I was kind of with TC when you know he didn't like blow my mind, but after seeing him this year, or I mean last year, uh, he definitely surprised me, and I was kind of jealous of Marcus because he he was on his team. Yeah. But if, I, if I'm going into the draft, I definitely have Prescott. I'm drafting Prescott over Carson Wentz. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, okay. Fantasy wise. Fantasy-wise, I agree. So I, I think Dak is like a top three, top definitely top five, but borderline top three guy in fantasy. So do you think he'll repeat, kind of be in the same boat of what he did last year? I do, yeah. Okay. Awesome. I mean, like, like I I mean, I, I, with, with Prescott, you know, it kind of might hurt Cooper, Gallup, and C.D. Lamb, but I love the weapons that he has there nope. uh, on his receiving core. And you can't forget about Zeke. Uh, that train guy, you know, uh, you know, if, of course, if you have, if you have Zeke falling down and lots of people have Tony uh, Pollard as his handcuff, uh, but just think if, you know, you're just looking at the whole Dallas Cowboys lineup If Prescott falls down, you get the red rocket. Yep. Who, who's just uh, picked up Andy Dalton there. Yeah. Um, which I'm obviously not a huge Dalton fan, but he's a veteran and it's not a bad guy to have back there. But like you mentioned earlier, Dak has not missed a game in his career. And right. that's where, you know, people compare Carson Wentz. And I always have said and been a believer that Carson's the better player. But as, as, every, as the old saying goes, a person's, a football player's best ability is their durability. If you're, not, if you're not healthy to play, then how good you are doesn't matter if you're not out there. And Dak is out there every single week. So that always gives the Cowboys a fighting chance. And, um, I respect Dak, and I, I do like him. I just, you know, I think personally Carson's just a better, like, quarterback prospect. 
Right. Well, I disagree with you. Um, so <laughs> huh? that's fine. Uh, well, well, so moving on to the running back category, of course, you got Big Zeke, uh, Zeke Lee Elliott, who's approaching his fifth year. Last year was his only season of not missing a game. Uh, he did put up uh, 12 touchdowns, had a pretty good year. Uh, you know, do you see him taking another ju- uh, a step forward and having a similar year? I mean, I don't know about a step forward, but yeah, I think he's going to have a similar year. Um, but I, I could see a step forward because you've got Mike McCarthy coming in. He's a new coach. Maybe they're going to lean on the run a little bit just because, especially with the way this weird offseason's been, teams haven't been able to probably practice their whole playbook. So I could see teams leaning on the run this year, maybe a little bit more than in years past. Um, so I guess from that perspective, he could take a step. But for the most part, I think Zeke is a year in, year out, top five running back. And um, if you can get him on your team, I would highly recommend doing so. <laughs> right. I mean, he's by far a top five pick in any league. Um, uh, you know, with, with Connor having con- – in our league, him having him, uh, he's had him all fought, you know, approaching his fifth year having him. Um, I mean, he, I mean, he's a guy who's definitely by far one of the best running backs in the league, and uh, he'll continue to do so. He's still very young. So, uh, jumping off of that into the wide receivers, talked about it a little bit. Cooper Gallup and C.D. Lamb picking up in the draft. Uh, it, it, is it safe to say that those three are in the correct order, with Cooper being number one, Gallup two, C.D. Lamb three? Well. I, I think so, but it could easily be Cooper, Lamb, Gallup. We'll see. Um, but for the most part, I would agree. If I had to make an order right now, I would put the order like you said. Um, but, yeah, man, that's such a good wide receiver trio. I, you know, I hate to say it because I really don't like the Cowboys. But, but, yeah, I mean, if I could get my hands on any of those guys – I mean, obviously, I can't get Cooper. I traded him in our league, and he's a keeper now for Connor. But if I could get my hands on Zeke or uh, C.D. Lamb or Michael Gallup in one of the middle rounds, I'm going to be doing so. Um, I really like both of them, and I I, I like the Cowboys' offense. I think they're going to be a high-scoring team. I think they're going to be a good team. And, you know, I like players that are on good teams, so – so, yeah, I think both of those guys, it's hard to say. I think you could kind of flip-flop them maybe a little bit, but I really like all three of these wide receivers. Not not erasing Michael Gallup's year from last year. Uh, you can't you can't erase the fact that the dude scored over 1,000 yards uh, last year. He had a very good year, very good second year in the yeah. NFL. Yeah, and it, he, he was quietly producing like midway through the season, and then – everyone sort of caught on. They're like, holy crap, Michael Gallup is like, he's like an every week type of guy. Um, mm-hmm. And, and yeah, that's, that's basically what he became. He became an every week, you know, flex in our league, wide receiver three-ish kind of guy. And that's great value, especially when he was probably an undrafted player. Those are the types of guys, that's the type of upside you're looking for late in your drafts and, you know, early on the waiver wire and things like that. You're looking for the Michael Gallups of the world. So, so yeah, and he's worked his way. He's earned this right to be the number two there. So we'll see how he's going to continue to be used. Um, I really like him, and I really like Lamb. So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like people might bite on Lamb earlier than they should. And maybe, I don't know, it's going to be really interesting to see where these two are drafted comparatively to each other. 
Right, right. And then switching gears to the tight end, um, I had Blake Jarwin as a sleeper, mm-hmm. uh, one of my sleeper guys for the tight end category. Do you, do you think that Jarwin, you know, with this heavy uh, offensive team in the Dallas Cowboys, do you think Jarwin could put up maybe, you know, be flirting with some tight end number one numbers? I do. And uh, I was listening to the last podcast, and you guys were going over your tight ends. And uh, while I was listening to TC bash Dallas Goddard, and I'm like, oh, boy, oh, here we go. And then you mentioned, you know, Blake Jarwin. I'm like, ooh, love it. Because oh. I, I, I really like Blake Jarwin. Um, I think last couple of years, every time I watch Eagles Cowboys, and really I watch a lot of Cowboys because I've been an Amari Cooper owner for the last couple of years. So if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan. <laughs> not quite, but, you know, they'd get in the red zone. I'm rooting. I'm like, Cooper, Cooper, Cooper. Oh, Jarwin, touchdown. Sweet. So, so yeah, no, I, I really – I like Blake Jarwin a lot. They got rid of Witten now, which opens the door up even more for him. And right. yeah, I think Blake Jarwin's a beast. Um, I love that pick. And that's a guy you can get super late too. So um, you don't have to break the bank to get one of these elite options. Obviously you want to, if you can, you know, but if you're going to wait on a tight end, you cannot do much better than Blake Jarwin. Heck, uh, Q, if you just want to call me a genius, that's fine uh, for me uh, putting him on my on my. Well, sleeper list. I don't want to boost your ego up too much. It's already it's already pretty too late. Oh. It's too late. It's high. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's let's move along with the Cowboys. I know you could talk about the Cowboys for two hours because you're such a fan. Uh, but let's move on to uh, probably, in my opinion, the third best team in this in this division. The New York Giants. Now, like I said, they, they did not have a good year last year. They kind of said bye to Mr. Eli Manning, uh, which, you know, me being a Manning, like uh, a Peyton Manning, Eli Manning fan, it was, it was difficult to see, but it was time. Um, so, you know, it, they, they're approaching a new door, a brand new, uh, a brand new system. I mean, when it comes to Mr. Daniel Jones, uh, and he started to take over last year. I think this will be a brand new team. They'll definitely be better than four and twelve. Uh, but still, you know, with the Cowboys and Eagles doing work, I, I still think they're the third best team in the league. What do you think about the Giants this year? Well, I really like some of the pieces they have. I like Saquon Barkley. I like Daniel Jones. I like Darius Slayton, their second year up and coming kind of wide receiver. But here's where it gets really difficult um, for the Giants and the Redskins. And the Cowboys, because they they have a new head coach too, but Mike McCarthy, I, they have, they're just a better team overall. But the Giants are bringing in a new head coach, and with this offseason and trying to install a, new, a whole new playbook, that, the Eagles have such an advantage. Doug Peterson's going into year five, I think it is, maybe year six. Everyone knows mm-hmm. the system other than the rookies. But with these new head coaches, you've got to install a whole new playbook. And when you're not out on the grass practicing it, it's going to be tough. Um, and also, they hired Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator. And, right. and he is literally the worst. I would, it's, I don't know if, I don't know. I don't know if he's calling the plays. I assume he will be. But if, if so, that's sad. And I'm not going to trust that. Now, what, here's what you can trust Daniel Jones is kind of a stud. Um, the Giants are probably going to be a bad team, a losing team, but Daniel Jones can do it with his legs. He's going to throw it. He's going to run it. 
and you can get him probably pretty late. So I like him as a sort of a QB2 option. Um, obviously, Saquon Barkley is, you know, a top pick. Um, I wouldn't be taking him ever over McCaffrey. McCaffrey is always the guy you want if you have the first pick. But, but he's probably safe number two. I mean, right? over here's Elliot. the thing. I don't know because I think personally I would rather have Elliott. He's on a better team. He's going to probably, you know, theoretically have more red zone, like, carries inside the five-yard line. Um, and that's why I like Elliott. I just think when you have two players that are similar like that, I want the one on the better team who's going to have more scoring opportunities. For sure. Um, yeah. So, And if, if you're someone like Connor Limbach who has both yeah. of them, you're probably giggling. Yeah, exactly. Um, and laughing. But, I mean, I agree with you. Uh, shock, I agree with you, but I do believe that with uh, with you, you want a running back who's on a very good team. You know, once they're destroying the other team, yeah. they run the ball exactly. More. exactly. That's a key thing to think yeah. about fantasy. If you don't think about that, you're silly. Yep. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how many times you're you're watching the game or following like score all your scores, and you're like, oh, you got a running. I I was a Fournette owner, so I'm like wanting them to run the ball all the time, and nope, they're down by twenty. It's so like, oh, oh, here we go. But the good thing is Fournette can also catch the ball, so that's not a great example. But anyway, um, yeah, I just think it's going to be tough for the Giants, but I really – those are two guy, good guys to have. And Darius Slayton um, was the rookie wide receiver last year. came on really strong. Uh, he, he's kind of a physical player. He, he just blew up. Uh, I'm not saying that you can count on sort of that crazy production because – he blew up for a few games, then you know was just average the rest of the way. But it's interesting to see they had a rookie on rookie connection last year, and they keep developing that. It could turn into something legit. So I mean, for sure, that's something I mean, to keep you got, an eye on. Yeah, I mean, with with Darius Slayton, you, you got uh, approaching his second year, and you had a, a pretty pretty decent rookie year. And of course, with Daniel Jones, if he continues to get better. Uh, I see Darius Slayton uh, being number one target on this receiving team. Now, it's not a big gap. If you look at the rankings, it's not a big gap between uh, uh, Sterling Shepard, Slayton, and, and don't forget about Golden Tate. Yeah. If you look at the uh, Fantasy Pros rankings, they're all flirting in the in the 40s for wide receiver rankings. They're all in the 40s. Right. So I really see Slayton maybe, you know, at the end of the year, He'll be by far the number one dude and receive the most targets because I see him taking a big step forward his second year. Yeah, and I I could definitely see that. Um, Now, going on to one other receiver, Mr. Sterling Shepard is the next guy I would want. The thing that scares you about Sterling Shepard is it seems like last year I had him the entire year pretty much, and he had concussions like every game. Right. Um, But when he was in there, he would catch a bunch of passes. So... I think I really like Sterling as a player. He's kind of a guy that does the dirty work. He runs the inside routes, the tough routes where he's by the linebackers. And, you know, that parlays into some concussions for him. But it's he's a risk-reward type of player. He's got room for more production than what he has seen in the last couple of years. So he's a guy, if you can get late in the draft, you just sort of put him down on your bench. And you see what happens. And if he starts to produce, you can plug him in. But, yeah, um, I, I'm not big into Golden Tate. Golden Tate's sort of in the same boat as Sterling Shepard. They both sort of run the intermediate type of routes. You're looking for a lot of targets. 
because they're not really going to give you the home run type of plays. Sterling might. Golden Tate's not really a home run type of hitter. Um, Darius Slayton, Darius Slayton's kind of a home run type of hitter. Um, so yeah. So I mean, it's a, so of course, describe your uh, strategy here, Q. <laughs> when we go into the draft, like you, you got Sterling Shepard, Slayton, and Golden Tate. They're all sitting pretty. Uh, holding signs saying, hey, pick me, draft me, please. Which one are you snagging up? Oh, man. You're, you're, you're on a spot. Maybe you're looking for a good flex. You already got your cores uh, collected. Uh, you're just looking for maybe a guy that, you know, a sleeper. And I think all these three can be, you know, they're under the sleeper category. But who would you pick up first if you had to? If I had to, it's going to have to be Slayton. But here's the thing. It would be Shepard. But I can't trust Shepard to be healthy. I can't. Right. So it's got to be Slayton. I want the guy that I can at least count on to be available if I need him. Um, and sometimes with Sterling Shepard, you you can't count on that. So right, heck, I mean, you, like he's he's been in the league for four years. Two of those four years, he's played uh, two full seasons. Uh, his first his rookie year, and then his second year, like you said, he had concussions issues. He missed five games. And then his second year, he played. I mean, his third year, he played a full season. And then last year, he had more concussion yeah. issues. Uh, so you know, he's very inconsistent. When, I mean, of course, that's not a thing you can control. No, right. And that's scary uh, to think about because, with how many concussions he's had, that's the type of player you might be thinking, man, you might want to hang out the cleats sometime soon, buddy. Right. I mean, I hate to and, say that, but. Right, and it, it, there's a guy, you know, a younger guy approaching his second year in Darius Slayton who can, you know, just say goodbye to Mr. Sherling uh, if, you know, if he blows up, which I do, you know. Like I said, he was he was in uh, TC's sleeper category, and I totally agree with yeah. him. I think he's, you know, he could see over a 1,000 yards. Right. Yeah, I agree so. 100%. And uh, I guess moving on a little bit, another guy who is basically a hybrid wide receiver, the tight end for the Giants is one of the elite right. options sort of in the league right now, and that's Evan Ingram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another guy who could, you know, easily could be a, a top five um, a top five tight end. But similar to Sterling, he's had injury injury issues. Yeah. He only played eight he only played eight games last year. Um, I mean his rookie year was probably his best, had over seven a hundred yards. But uh, if he can if let's say this year he has another injury uh, is it time to hang it up with Evan Ingram and be like, it, it's too it's too sketchy, it's too risky to be drafting him that high? Yeah, I think so because, um, you know, what is he going into his fifth year, he said? His fourth, fourth year. year. Going well, fourth year. Yeah, um, I don't think it's time to hang it up just yet because he's such a talent and he has so much upside. But we keep saying this every single year, upside, upside, upside. You, after a while – it stops being upside and it's just potential that he was never, never able to reach. Um, right. And it's sad to say, because he really could be, you know, one of the best at the position, but he's got those injury issues. And when you're looking for your tight end one, you want somebody that you can plug in every single week because the position is so dry for fantasy points that, yeah, I mean, I would take a shot on Ingram, but, I'm not going to waste a top pick, you know, a top five round pick on this guy when he's not even going to be in my lineup for half the, you know, half the year. So it's just tough. If he stays healthy, I think he's, he's a really good tight end. He's got, you know, 
he's got the upside to be the tight end one. That's literally what he has. But right. it, yeah, I mean, it's just that's what it is, and that's what it's always been. It's been always been that upside, and he's never really cashed in on it. So right. he's another. Yeah, risky, and of course, he, of we guy. all know his, his upside and what he can do. It's just the fact that he, he's got to give me. Uh, kind of like a rookie year, his rookie year, and stay freaking healthy, for goodness sakes. Uh, moving on to the the, yeah. the last team here, uh, the great Washington football team. Uh, you know, they <laughs> this team, I tell you what, man, I, it, it's, you know, not putting – even just putting the, the name aside, uh, looking at their roster, it's just like what in the world is going on? Uh, there's lots of question marks. Uh, you know, starting just starting out with the quarterback. Who's going to be the main quarterback? You have, of course, everyone's saying Dwayne Haskins. Uh, he's going to be the starter, but yeah. they did end up picking up Kyle Allen. And don't forget, Q. Don't forget about Alex Smith, uh, a guy who is yep. just cleared by doctors now, which is shocking that he is coming back to I the know. league. I'm 36 years old, but he he's a guy who's still that you can you know you have to think about. Uh, where he lays on this team because a they're not they're not going to be that good, uh, and there's a younger quarterback in Haskins and uh, Kyle Allen could be flirting there. But what do you think about this Washington team? Well, with the quarterback position as of right now, I do believe it is Dwayne Haskins' yeah. team. Um, he and I like the fact that he was able to play some last year. Now here's the thing, just because he had some experience last year. I don't expect him to come in and succeed. I think there's going to be a ton of growing pains. I don't think this team is that good. The weapons aren't that good. I don't really think Haskins is that good. So, I mean, I think, I don't know if he's going to get benched. I don't know what's going to happen. But like you said, they got Kyle Allen, who is familiar with their new coach, Ron Rivera, from their time with the Panthers. And if Alex Smith is healthy, you know, Alex Smith's a pretty darn good quarterback. So, so it's easy to see if Haskins is struggling too much um, that they might turn to him. But yeah, I mean, what they're gonna they're gonna at least let Dwayne Haskins see what he's made of. They spent a really high first round draft pick on him. They have to do that. So, so yeah, fantasy wise, I would stay away until he proves proves something. Right. Um, Maybe in a really deep league or a dynasty league, you might have him or, you know, pick him up, put him on your bench. But for the most part, I'm staying away from. Absolutely. The I mean, you know, until, of course, it, one of those three guys uh, will, you know, perform good numbers for you. Another question mark is their running backs. Uh, you know, you got, they have so yeah. many running backs. And you got Darius guys who freaking knows about what he is going to do is, I mean, he's got glasses, bones. Uh, but when, mm-hmm. he, when when he's on the field, he looks good. He I does. Feel so bad I, was, for I was begging for the Eagles to draft him a couple of years ago because I loved the way he played coming out of LSU. He is a really good player when he's on the field. Yeah. Um, but that's just the thing we've been talking about. That's sort of the common theme here. It's just you so be disappointing. Um, with with Darius guys in his career so far, uh, I mean, if he if he gets hurt if he gets hurt again, is it is it time for the the Washington team to say bye? I mean, if he if he tears another ACL, 
if he hurts his knee again, I would say, yeah, that that's, I would say his career is pretty much done for at that point. But if, you know, we'll see, I mean, having major injuries can kind of pave the way to have more minor injuries, like soft tissue type things, but it's hard to say, you know, you hope the best for the guy. If he stays healthy, he could actually be a pretty good player. But the thing is, like you mentioned, they have literally a carousel of running backs. They still have Adrian Peterson. They drafted Bryce Love um, out of Stanford. I like Bryce Love. Um, they signed Peyton Barber, former right. Tampa Bay running back. They picked up Antonio um, Gibson so yeah. in the third round. Antonio Gibson. Running, okay, yeah, yeah, running back rookie. from Memphis. And another guy who not a lot of people know, but J.D. McKissick, uh, me from the Seahawks. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have so many running backs. And you know, with, with Adrian Peterson, yeah. I was looking – uh, I mean, he wants to keep playing until the wheels fall off, until he's 40 years old. Uh, he wants to pull pull the Frank Gore. I mean, I mean, this he <laughs> last year uh, he of course he had uh, he didn't have a bad year. He was a, a little bit under 900 yards, and he wasn't giving the ball a lot. Uh, but mm-hmm. I mean, he's I mean, if he's if he's still rolling, you can't forget about AP. Probably not uh, fantasy football, uh, you know, re- relevant. I mean, he can't really help you out much. Uh, but it really depends, I mean, especially with this with running back core. There's so many guys. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. I'm pretty sure I plugged in Adrian Peterson in the yeah. championship last year, or maybe in the playoffs, and he he got me 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, so I was I was thrilled for that. But yeah, there were a couple times I had to rely on AP, and I think one one game he had me like. You know, 15 carries for 50 yards wasn't that great. But when I needed them to, I got a touchdown out I mean, of them. And it all multiple times out. where, you know, so, one or two running backs get hurt and they they throw everything to AP. Um, so I'm guessing that's what happened to last year. Uh, you know, maybe, of course, guys got hurt. But they did have Chris Thompson last year. Uh, you know, I think he got hurt as well. Am I right? And that's probably what through AP in there, but yeah, um, uh, yeah. I mean, a guy that can, like, like I said, I mean, he's going to run until his, his wheels fall off. Uh, but I think one thing that's really set in stone uh, for this Washington team is the great Terry McLaurin. Uh, probably by far the best wide receiver on this team. Had a very good rookie year, um, uh, 919 yards to be exact, seven touchdowns. Uh, lots of people are getting really high on Terry McLaurin, even with that quarterback issue. Uh, do you see Terry McLaurin uh, taking another huge step his second year? I mean, I don't know how big of a step we can take because he had such a great uh, rookie year that normally rookie players don't have, uh, you know, as good of a season as, as he did. He had almost 1,000 yards, almost 60 catches. He averaged 16 yards per catch, and he scored seven touchdowns. So, um, I think what helps him, what he has going for him is him and Dwayne Haskins played together. So even with this shortened off season, they, they have that chemistry that can kind of make up for some of that. Now, uh, there are some other wide receivers here also to, you know, I guess we'll real quick, still staying on McLaurin. He, you know, he, he's definitely a guy. He, I don't know where he's being drafted on average, but I, I'll be looking at Terry McLaurin in our draft for sure. Because he's a stud. I'm not gonna lie. He he really is. He's he can go deep. He, he the dude catches everything. He he, he catches the intermediate routes. He, he he catches everything. It's insane. Um, 
I, I really, really like Terry McLaurin. But uh, another player I really like on that team is Steven Sims. Yep. Steven Sims Jr. Um, there were a couple games last year I watched the Redskins and Steven Sims, because I was watching for AP, I was rooting for AP, and Steven Sims was coming up big time, man. So, you know, his name's still there, and I want to see how he progresses. They have Kelvin Harmon, and they drafted a very interesting guy yes. out of Liberty, Mr. Yeah, Antonio and I was, that was another guy I was going to talk about uh, alongside with Steven Sims. Now, with Steven Sims, he's probably, as of right now, the wide receiver, too, for this Washington team. And then uh, with Antonio Gandy-Golden, um, a guy who I actually know a football player, uh, Brody Brum, who I coach in, in Winnemac. Yep. He plays with the Liberty uh, football team. And uh, so, you know, I, I kind of know him, and I don't know Antonio, but I just having Brody on Snapchat, uh, seeing and he's really good friends with Antonio. But yeah. this is a guy who I actually, today, I watched film on him. And man, is he explosive! He you throw the ball up in the air, and he uses his six four uh, frame, and he gets the ball. And he can he has great hands yep. for a young rookie, and probably not a guy Q that would uh, uh, stand out this year. But I mean, he he's a guy that you you know if you're looking if you're in a dynasty league, not a bad guy to snatch. Yeah. Up. Oh, exactly. That that that's the type of league you're looking at with. Uh... With with bad teams, to be frank, um, some of these players on bad teams, you're going to want to stay away from them and for the most part. But when you're in a dynasty league, that's when you're sort of looking because usually all the good players are already on a team and you're just looking for guys out there. But this Washington team, both the running back and the wide receiver spot, it's kind of going to be unpredictable. Um, other than, like you said, McLaurin, uh, there's a lot of opportunity there for Sims, for Gandy Golden, possibly. Um, I'm missing another Kelvin Harmon. And there was a little, uh, I can't remember his name. There was like a little white kid that kind of played in the slot. Uh, I'm going to have to find his, his name. That's going to bug me. But yeah. he was he was also kind you know, of I mean, this what isn't is who you're talking about. There's also Cody Latimer. Okay. I'm going to look him uh, up. Who's who's had some off field issues? I only know him because he, he of course, he went to IU, um, and I loved watching him at IU. But he he's been he's not a fantasy guy uh, for sure. But he's also a wide receiver yeah. for the Washington team. Um, oh, real quick, the guy I was thinking of is, Trey Quinn. is Trey Quinn. Uh, yeah, SMU. He, SMU. He, yeah. he was yep. SMU. He was he was pretty good. He was a rookie last year too. So this team is super young. They had some rookies in McLaurin and Trey Quinn that got a bunch of experience last year, and they played pretty well. So, I mean, um, like I said, I'm not going into my drafts super excited about these guys, but if they're there late and, you know, I'm looking for a depth piece, I'm not going to be afraid to pull the trigger um, on some of these guys. You just have to keep in mind that with the Redskins, Washington. it's going to be unpredictable. Washington. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. It's the definitely something to get team. used to, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. So, real quick, going on their tight ends, not a standout tight end uh, on their team. I know they have Jeremy uh, Sprinkle, a uh, guy from uh, uh, probably, I think he's approaching maybe his third or fourth year. Uh, with Jordan Reed being out now, he's probably the clear cut number one. Uh, probably a guy who, you know, again, won't see, you know, a lot of people drafting him up. Another guy who has faded on this tight end, do you remember Richard Rodgers 
uh, from the Green Bay Packers. Yep. Um, he's. I do. He, he played with the Eagles not too long yep, ago. Yeah, a couple uh, seasons. Not ago. last year. I think the year before last year. Didn't do much. Yeah. Like. No, he didn't. With I only know Richard Rodgers because I mean he had pretty good uh, a career at uh, Green Bay. And now he has Green just Bay. faded yeah, sure. uh, on. I think his second year was probably his best year, and then he took a giant step down the hill his third and fourth year at Green Bay. But, I mean, he's also on that Washington team. Again, these tight ends are probably not going to be uh, wide receiver. I mean, uh, fantasy relevant. I mean, they won't be able to help you out. But that's who they're looking at tight end-wise. Yeah, um, honestly – I can barely even remember the name Jeremy Sprinkle. Like I had to look it up. I'm like, Oh, Oh yeah. That's, um, I forgot, you know, obviously Jordan Reed, uh, went to San Francisco and Vernon Davis is gone now too, which actually Vernon Davis kind of torched Philadelphia a few times last year. Um, but he's gone now. So yeah, I mean, I guess other than Sprinkle, I don't know what their depth chart looks like there, but I'm not going to be excited to have Sprinkle on my team. Um, unless, he starts the year just on fire, and you pick him yeah. up as a waiver claim. I mean, they have another like guy, so. Logan Thomas. Um, he's a, he wants Virginia Tech, actually. He's yeah, a former he quarterback. Yeah. He he actually had a couple uh, snaps yeah. at Buffalo. <laughs> okay. Which, yeah, I remember him. I kind of used yeah. to be a Virginia Tech fan. And uh, big man, six six. Big. Uh, but yeah, again, he is, he, yep. he is, he's one of them that's probably not going to see a lot of. Uh, points for you on fantasy wise all right so hey q those are our four teams in the great nfc east you got any last words um i would just say really what you're looking when the nfc east players um out of this division you've got your top heavy guys you've got the guys with the eagles and with the cowboys and then um you know you've got what even the giants are there are some guys you can trust like saquon barkley and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and trust Daniel Jones as sort of a QB two, but with the Redskins, I would or I'm sorry, the Washington Football Team, you just have to. I mean, if you want my honest opinion, don't draft anyone other than McLaurin. Stay away because it's gonna be super unpredictable, and if you do draft someone, just know you're kind of gonna be a shot in the right. dark. Right, absolutely. So I think, you know, in conclusion, we both agree that the Cowboys will be first in this division. And uh, we, 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 we're we all rooting for that. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great time. What a great episode. Uh, you know, the, going over the NFC East. Q, thank you so much. Uh, tell your girlfriend thanks for stealing, stealing you for about a good solid hour uh, talking about some fantasy football. So we'll get you on here before draft time. And, uh, hey. Again, Q, thanks, my man. Hey, no problem. And real quick, I just want to end the end the episode and my time here by saying, remember everyone out there, oh. Miles Sanders is Christian McCaffrey 2.0. Oh, I hope he to- tells his ACL. Um, <laughs> that, uh, that's a hard thing to wish upon somebody. But um, it possibly could be. Another discussion for another day. We're going to stay away from uh, our last couple seconds here. Well, hey, this has been the Flawcast Network. Everybody take care and stay safe.